The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to the week 15 edition of Falato's Fantasy Corner. We are right here ladies and gentlemen. It is the semifinals. I am the host of the show, Nicholas Filato. You are listening to this on Big Blue View Radio. We're going to dive into these games, break them down, go over some of these over-unders, and then hopefully help lead you to a fantasy title. If you guys are still with me right now, that's excellent because a lot of people are eliminated. I mean, I've been eliminated from a couple of my leagues. I'm in the semifinals in three leagues. Let's see if that carries over into next week. So let's dive right into these games we have the thursday game but by the time you guys are listening to this that would have already materialized and and we have two saturday games which i feel is very very intriguing the 430 game is the buffalo bills taking on the denver broncos in denver this is a 49 point over under the bills are favored by six at the moment so let's dive into this game real quick all right you have Josh Allen. You're obviously going to roll with him. Drew Locke, he's going up against a defense that ostensibly gives up a lot through the air. Recently, they haven't been as bad. We just saw them shut down the Pittsburgh Steelers, albeit the Steelers are kind of gross right now on offense. But if you're at this level right now, hopefully you don't need to rely on someone like Drew Locke. As for running backs, Melvin Gordon is still questionable for this game, as is Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon with the shoulder, Philip Lindsay with the hip. I don't necessarily love either of these guys, and I hope that you have better options. But if they are active for this game, and on Thursday, if you get the practice reports, they're limited, what have you, you can roll with Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay does not do it for me, and none of these Bills running backs really do it for me, if I'm going to be honest. You don't know which one it's going to be. They split carries pretty evenly. Josh Allen kind of does everything through the air with his wide receivers, like Stephon Diggs, who you're going to be playing, Cole Beasley, who you're going to be playing, John Brown was activated from the IR, but he's not going to be playing in this game. And that's important because Cole Beasley is significantly more targeted and he's a better player without John Brown on the field. As for the Denver Broncos, we saw KJ Hamler have two touchdowns last week, but he only had three targets. It's not that great of a situation. Jerry Judy has been virtually just eliminated whenever the best receiver, in my opinion, is on the field. And that's Tim Patrick. Jerry Judy had four targets last week. He had four targets the week before, and he had one target the week before that. I don't know what's going on there, but it's Tim Patrick who seems like he has the rapport with Drew Locke. And I know he has just a common name, and no one really feels all that great about starting him. The thing that I'm a little hesitant for is in Pat Shermer's offense, they seem to be spreading the football around pretty well. Through the last two games... 
Patrick has nine targets. The game before that, he had two. That was New Orleans. Now, remember, they had you and me playing quarterback for them, so we can ignore that. But in week 11 against Miami, he had eight targets. But the important number is in the red zone. They target Tim Patrick. They trust Tim Patrick. He has three touchdowns in the last two weeks. So if you really are in three wide receiver leagues and you need somebody and you're desperate and it's a 14-team league, you can roll with someone like Tim Patrick and feel somewhat comfortable about it. Hopefully he will avoid Tredavious White, who will be on Jerry Judy just because Jerry Judy's skill set is that superior. Doesn't make you feel great, but it's an option if you need it. As for Noah Fant, Noah Fant was dealing with an illness, left last game. He's been probably one of the more frustrating players to own in fantasy football because he's always dinged up and he has so much potential due to his athletic ability and he just never lives up to it. It's very, very frustrating, definitely. The week before last, in week 13 at Kansas City, he had seven targets, had 57 yards through the air. It looked like it could be this breakout game coming for Noah Fant, and then he was sick. So now he gets Buffalo, a team that allows a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position throughout the year. The last four weeks, they've been middle of the pack and allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver or to the tight end position. Hopefully you have Travis Kelsey or someone a little bit better. Noah Fant has just been a little bit too unreliable for my liking. And then Dawson Knox is not somebody I'm going to be rolling with. But I do believe you could start Buffalo's defense here against Denver because Drew Locke knows how to turn the football over. And he does that at a high clip despite the fact that he didn't throw an interception last week. And he threw for four touchdowns, even though he barely eclipsed 200 yards. Now let's go to the other Saturday game, which is the Carolina Panthers traveling to Green Bay to play the Packers. 51 and a half point over under, which is nice and sexy. It's just like the Thursday game right now. Thursday games is dropping now that Keenan Allen is probably not going to play, but you guys will already know that by this point. The Packers are eight and a half point favorites in this game. And Aaron Rodgers starting him. Teddy Bridgewater, don't feel great about it. Super flex leagues, 12 team, yes. But other than that, I'm not going to really entertain that. Christian McCaffrey will not be playing. Although I do think Mike Davis is a good play. On DraftKings, he's 6,500. Now, last week, he had a pretty damn good fantasy performance, 26 points, full point PPR, got in the end zone twice, had 4.6 yards per carry, had his 11 carries, 51 yards, but the important thing is he had six targets, caught five of them, and he played 75% of the snaps for the Panthers, which is big, because before the bye week, we saw a lot more Smith kind of ingratiate himself into the lineup, so I like the fact that he's getting a lot of the snaps there. And he's going up against a defense that has not been great against the running back position on the season. Green Bay has kind of been torn up. The last four games, they've been middle of the pack. They've kind of stabilized a little bit. But they're going to try to establish the run. And if that does not work in a colder environment, they're going to use those check down passes that Mike Davis does a really good job corralling. So I think Mike Davis is a solid start here. I would say he's a running back too. Aaron Jones is definitely somebody somebody you're going to be rolling with as well. I think Jamal Williams you can consider for flex, but it doesn't necessarily give me much. I'm not encouraged by it. Last week he had 10 carries. He didn't do a lot with them. So they want to get him the ball. They don't want to kind of wear down Aaron Jones. But I think this is going to be another Aaron Rodgers throwing multiple touchdown passes to his wide receivers and possibly Robert Tunyon. Devontae Adams is a smash. I think Robbie Anderson is somebody, if DJ Moore doesn't play, now there's rumors DJ Moore's off the COVID list. DraftKings has him as out right now. But if DJ Moore plays, I think you could still play Robbie Anderson. If DJ Moore plays, I think you can consider playing DJ Moore. Coming off the COVID list gives you a little pause. But if he's not there, 
Curtis Samuel is definitely somebody that you can fire up. Jair Alexander, the stud corner for the Green Bay Packers, typically doesn't travel. So that's definitely a plus. But one of these guys is going to have to deal with Jair Alexander because he is one of the top cornerbacks in the league. So these Carolina Panthers wide receivers, I like them all, but you just don't know which one it's going to be. And that's kind of my issue because it could be a Robbie Anderson game. It could be a DJ Moore game. Without Moore, I like Anderson and Samuel. With Moore in the equation, it kind of mucks everything up just a little bit. And as for the tight ends, you're going to start Robert Tunyon. He's been playing really, really good football, and he's just been the beneficiary of getting a touchdown in the last four games from Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers targets him in the red zone, as we saw. He had five targets last week, caught all five for 36 yards, and had that red zone touchdown. So he's just been getting it done, and the tight end position is kind of gross. So definitely Robert Tunyon is a tight end one to be started. All right, before we get into this Sunday slate, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Tampa Bay is traveling to the funnel defense themselves. The Atlanta Falcons, a 49 and a half point over-under. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by six in this game. So... Tom Brady, I think he's a very, very good play this week. I know last week he, he didn't necessarily disappoint, but he didn't have to do all that much because the Vikings couldn't keep up. He only had 15 completions, and he scored 15 fantasy points. That's not that great. He hit the deep pass to Scotty Miller, but I have Tom Brady as my sixth-ranked quarterback this week, and I feel pretty comfortable about it. Like I said, going into this game, Atlanta is a funnel defense. They can stop the run. They've been stopping the run really well recently, but they can throw the ball. And they have a lot of weapons, Tampa Bay. And Atlanta can't stop it. <laughs> they haven't been able to stop it all season. So I, I like Tom Brady. I like a lot of his weapons that we're going to go over here. Matt Ryan, I, I can't feel that great about. I know Tampa Bay has given up a lot of yards, played a lot of man coverage, and Tyreek Hill had enough 
had enough production against that secondary to sustain an entire game's worth for an entire wide receiving crew, let alone just himself. But Matt Ryan's been struggling. If you have Matt Ryan, you're probably not in your fantasy playoffs right now. He had 10 fantasy points last week. It has not been good. Ronald Jones is on the COVID-19 list, and he broke a pinky, so it looks like we're going to see a lot more Leonard Fournette. I don't feel great about it against this defense. I really don't. LaShawn McCoy is also going to eat into that. You might see a little Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't really like any of the running backs in this game, if I'm going to be real, because Tampa Bay is also a really, really good run defense. I think it's just going to be a lot more throwing, and that's why I really like Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and even Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown can kind of come out and have a pretty solid game too. He had five targets last week. It's not great. There were only 15 completions. He caught all five of those targets. So we had a third of Tom Brady's completions. So I kind of think Antonio Brown can be sneaky as a wide receiver three in this game. I think if you have Godwin or Evans, you should be starting them for sure. Calvin Ridley's a smash. I don't think Julio Jones is going to play in this game. So that opens up Russell Gage. Now, Russell Gage has kind of been this player where every time Julio Jones is out, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to play Russell Gage in this three wide receiver league. And then he always ends up disappointing. But last week, he had seven targets, caught five of them for 82 yards. And he also threw a touchdown pass. But I don't necessarily think that's sustainable, obviously. But I think he's somebody to consider. I'd rather play Antonio Brown over Russell Gage, if I'm going to be real. But I think it's somebody that you can definitely think about in a deeper type of league. I think Rob Gronkowski is somebody that you should be playing for sure. Hayden Hurst, not as much. He had three targets last week, caught one of them for seven yards. It's just not consistent enough with Hayden Hurst. You don't want to kind of bank on that with his passing attack without Julio Jones because his passing attack without Julio is just absolutely not effective. Then we have Washington hosting the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. The over-under is not great. It's a 44-point over-under. And the quarterback is still up in the air for the Washington football team. Whether it be Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins, you're not playing either. But I do believe that a Haskins might be better for Terry McLaurin. And Alex Smith might be better for J.D. McKissick. Because it doesn't seem like Antonio Gibson will be playing in this football game. But Russell Wilson, start. Going to be starting him on the road. One o'clock start does not matter. Chris Carson, somebody that you're going to start, but again, he's been dealing with injuries. He's limited in like every practice because of that midfoot sprain. But when he gets on the field, he just runs so damn hard. He's getting double-digit carries and he's being used as a receiver. He has 11 targets the last two games, so I think you have to start Chris Carson at this point. You're probably still in the playoffs if you have Chris Carson. Not obviously, that's not universal, but he's a good enough player and he hasn't tanked your team through these last two weeks. J.D. McKissick. It's a player that you could definitely start, especially in full-point PPR leagues. Now, last week, he only had four targets. Remember, Alex Smith left the game. Dwayne Haskins came in. But Washington had a big lead because their defense just went off in that game. But the week before, he had 10 targets, and it could get back to that if Seattle's able to get a lead on this Washington defense, which is plausible. The Washington defense is definitely a respectable unit, but Seattle's also a good offense. He struggled against the Giants, but that happens from time to time. I think Patrick Graham had a great game plan, and I don't think Seattle's going to be overlooking any teams like they may have done against the New York Giants. So J.D. McKissick and Chris Carson, both guys that intrigued me for sure. Peyton Barber, I'm not going to quite go there. I know he's getting workload without Antonio Gibson. I know he had double-digit carries last week. He saw some targets, but you don't want to bank on that in the fantasy playoffs. As for wide receivers, I mean, Terry McLaurin kind of scares me, to be honest, but you're going to roll with Terry McLaurin. I know on the season, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, but through the last couple weeks, they've actually been the best against the wide receiver position, right with the New York Giants, to be honest. 
because the Giants didn't really have to do all that much against them two weeks ago. Colt McCoy threw for 100 yards. So the fantasy production has been down. Again, that's contextual, I would say. But it still scares me because you have Dwayne, you have to rely on Dwayne Haskins, who's not that great. Terry McLaurin hasn't really had a great fantasy game in a little bit. The last two weeks, he's been pretty bad. He had 12 targets. has caught four of them. Then against Dallas on Thanksgiving, he had a good game. 16 fantasy points, full point PPR, 13 the week before that, 18 the week before that. So you hope you get back to that. And I think Dwayne Haskins can make Terry McLaurin a good fantasy receiver. I think he targets him a lot. We saw him have 17 targets in the first two weeks. And then at Cleveland, he had eight. And then he had 14 against Baltimore in that week where Terry McLaurin had 24 PPR points. But it just hasn't happened the last couple weeks, so hopefully they can get on the same page. Obviously, Haskins came in midweek last week, wasn't there for that Pittsburgh game when the Steelers laid an egg against the Washington football team. But I think if you have McLaurin, you're going to start him in these three receiver leagues, two receiver leagues. If you have better options, you can explore it, but this is still a pretty solid matchup. Metcalf, you're going to be rolling with. Tyler Lockett's another one that is just, you kind of flip back and forth because you're waiting for that that Arizona game that he had in week seven where he blew up for 56 points. You're waiting for the week 11 Arizona game where he had 21 points, and you're not getting that. But in PPR leagues, he, he's he been he's been stable. He had ten over 10 points last week. He had over 12 points the week before that. So he's been annoying because you're hoping for those touchdowns, and he hasn't necessarily been receiving them. But if, I think if you have Tyler Lockett, you got to roll him out there and hope that he can do damage against this Washington team that's been pretty good against wide receivers. If you have better options, roll with it. But I think you're going to roll with the with the guns and that upside that Tyler Lockett kind of has as a receiver. As for tight ends, I think you can definitely consider Logan Thomas. I know Will Disley had a touchdown last week, but the opportunity is just not there. Logan Thomas, however, has been getting targeted a lot. He had seven last week, nine the week before. And then he had four the week before that. But I think Dwayne Haskins loves to target Logan Thomas. If we go back to when Haskins was a starter, eight, nine, seven, and four targets in those games. And for tight ends, that's actually pretty damn good. So if you have Logan Thomas, you could definitely roll him out there. I think I have Logan Thomas right now in my rankings as the 10th tight end. But I have Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, Rob Gronkowski, Robert Tunyon, TJ Hawkinson, Eric Ebron, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey ahead of him. So I think he's definitely startable. You don't have to fret if you do start him, but there are better options out there as well. And for the defenses, I think you can start both of these defenses, Seattle on the road and Washington. Washington's always good for a strip sack. We've seen how poor the offensive line is for the Seattle Seahawks. So I definitely think both of these defenses can be started. Now we have the Chicago Bears going to the Minnesota Vikings. And this game is a 47-point over-under. The Vikings are favored by three. I actually think Mitch Trubisky is a solid start here, to be honest. I know he's stinky Mitch, and it's it's not great, but he had 24 fantasy points last week while barely doing anything in the second half because he didn't have to do all that much because Chicago was able to take a commanding lead on the Houston Texans. Then there's Kirk Cousins. I think he's startable, but not anything that is going to to give you that warm and fuzzy that I always talk about because Chicago's defense is pretty good. They haven't been as good the last couple weeks. Right now, through the last four weeks, Chicago 
ranks about middle of the pack and giving up fantasy points more towards the top end though so it's actually a little bit more advantageous they haven't been as good as they were in the beginning of the year it's just if they're able to establish the run which i don't think they're going to be able to do that at a high level with hakeem hicks back and we saw a couple weeks ago when these two teams played we saw hakeem hicks and kirk and uh, Dalvin Cook just jawing at each other like crazy. And that was the game where Akeem Hicks actually got injured. But he came back last week and their run defense was improved against the Houston Texans who can't really run the football. But still, his presence is definitely something that needs to be noted. I think Kirk Cousins is a startable quarterback too in this game. Definitely awesome for Superflex. But if you it's one quarterback league, there's probably better guys out there that you can more than likely roll with. Dalvin Cook, if you have him, you're starting him. David Montgomery, if you have him, you're starting him. David Montgomery, now he started last week very, very hot, but he only ended up with 11 carries, but he's still getting those targets through the air. They didn't really need him down the stretch because they were blowing out Houston. This could be a much more competitive type of game where they actually do need David Montgomery. Allen Robinson's definitely a start. He's getting the targets from Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's absolutely awesome, and that's what he deserves because he's a true number one wide receiver. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both let you down last week, so you might not have, you might not be in the fantasy playoffs still if you had those guys, but I think you still confidently start both of them, even though this is a good defense. It's an offense that just passes the football to these guys. They'll throw an Irv Smith near the goal line which is annoying i know but they don't really throw the football to a number three or number four wide receiver they don't really incorporate their tight ends that much a little bit towards the goal line i know irv smith had four for 63 and one last week but it's hard to get away from those two players so it's not something that they're going to do Alrighty, moving on to the houston texans traveling to the indianapolis colts for uh afc south matchup where The Colts are favored in this game, hosting the Houston Texans by 7.5, and and the over-under is 50.5 points. They're probably expecting the Houston Texans to have a little bit of a better effort than they did last week against the Chicago Bears. So if you have Deshaun Watson, I know it's a tough matchup, but we saw Deshaun Watson, without Will Fuller, light up the Indianapolis Colts. He had 24 fantasy points in that game. He rushed for a touchdown. I know, but still, 24 fantasy points is still good, and he had over 300 yards. He had 341 yards. He just didn't get those passing touchdowns, which is something that you can do against Indianapolis, even though their defense is a top-five defense in the league, but I'm still put trust into Sean Watson. looks like he's going to have his running back, David Johnson, back. Duke Johnson should be there as well. I think Phillip Rivers is also a player you could start. He's a more of a high-floor type player, low-ceiling probably going to get you like you know 18 19 fantasy points and you're going to be happy but it doesn't have that kind of ceiling and that's kind of what you need in the fantasy playoffs if you want to try to really defeat the opponent that you're going up against because the opponent you're going up against probably has a really good football team if you're still in the playoffs i think naheem hines and jonathan taylor are both pl- great plays especially jonathan taylor who is just getting carries which is something that we have been hoping for all season and it's been much more stable the last several weeks he had 22 carries against green bay he had 13 against houston he had 20 last week against las vegas and he's still getting targets here and there so i think jonathan taylor is definitely somebody you can play naheem hines is definitely somebody that you can play as well i don't think it's as safe as taylor but he gets more targets and he's still getting you know a handful handful plus you could say of carries on the ground last week he had over 10 PPR points so I think that's a pretty solid play as well Brandon Cooks 
Now, he's questionable. Looks like he's going to play. This is a tough, tough defense. Him and Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti went off against his defense not long ago. But Brandon Cooks, I think you can go with him because he's going to see such a huge target share of this passing offense. I know Chad Hansen has been getting a huge share with Brandon Cooks kind of ailing from his neck and head injuries. But I, I think that Going with Brandon Cooks is, is something that you can do as a wide receiver three is probably where I would assign him. So three wide receiver leagues, I think that's good. You can consider him for flex in a wide receiver two or two wide receiver league. Kiki Kuti, uh, he only had three targets last week in a blowout loss. That's not great to see. But against Indianapolis, he had over 140 yards and nine targets the week before. The same exact matchup. So if you're feeling a little frisky, you could roll him out there. It's not something that I'm overly thrilled about. I'm really not thrilled about Michael Pittman Jr. either or Chad Hansen, but their desperation plays. Pittman Jr. has the upside of having big play potential, and Houston doesn't have Bradley Roby anymore. So you got guys like Vernon Hargraves out there, and I think Pittman Jr. can win that matchup. When they played last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, he had five targets, caught five for 46, so had sub-10 points in PPR leagues. Not great, but I think you can roll with him. But the main person in this group that you're going to be happy about starting is T.Y. Hilton, who destroys the Houston Texans every time they play. He had a touchdown against Tennessee the week before, in week 12. They played the Houston Texans, and then when he went down to Houston, he had 11 targets, caught eight of them for 110 yards and a touchdown. Last week, he had two touchdowns against the Las Vegas Raiders and kind of just tore into them. And he had 86 yards, 7 targets, 5 catches. If you have T.Y. Hilton, you can confidently start him. As for the tight ends, I, I don't feel great about any of them. I think if you need a tight end, you can roll with Jordan Akins, who had 6 targets last week, dropped the touchdown because the ball got caught in the sun. He hasn't really done all that much, but I think he has touchdown upside against the Colts. It's a little dicey. And then Trey Burton, he laid a goose egg last week, and Jack Doyle was the recipient of some catches, and it was more of a Jack Doyle type of game. He had three targets, three catches, 44 yards. I, I'm not willing to trust the tight end landscape for the Indianapolis Colts at this point. And I think you could start the Colts defense. Obviously, they're a top defense in the league. Houston's prone to turn the football over, and their offensive line isn't all that great. Then we have the Detroit Lions taking on the Tennessee Titans. So this is an 11 point favored to the Titans. Wow, that's a lot. And the Detroit Lions probably won't have Matt Stafford. 51 and a half point over under. So they're expecting the Tennessee Titans to score a lot of points. And I can see why, because Detroit can't stop anybody on the ground, and the Titans run the football better than anybody in the NFL. So Derrick Henry, smash. Ryan Tannehill, you're playing. There's really not anybody I really want to play from the Detroit Lions. Maybe DeAndre Swift. If I have DeAndre Swift, I'm going to roll with him because he's probably going to get a solid amount of carries, but you still see Adrian Peterson mixed in. You could tell last week they wanted to really slowly put uh, implement DeAndre Swift back into the game plan. He only had seven carries in that game against Green Bay, but he still had five targets, caught four of them for... 26 yards, got into the end zone, but Adrian Peterson isn't going away, and they were going to use Adrian Peterson, and they're going to use him near the goal line, and it's going to be annoying. I know last week he didn't get that huge of a, a a lot of carries, but you still saw him near their goal line, and that's definitely something that's going to frustrate you, especially because I don't know if Detroit's going to be by the goal line a lot with Tennessee. So it, it's definitely it's, it's murky for sure, and I don't really want to trust any of these wide receivers 
for the Detroit Lions without Matt Stafford there. Chase Daniel is a competent backup, but this is the fantasy playoffs. There's not going to be Kenny Galladay. A.J. Brown, you're starting. I think Corey Davis, you could start as well, because I think there could be a lot of damage done in the first half with the passing attack, and the second half is going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. And then Tennessee's defense is definitely something you can roll with. I think TJ Hawkinson is the one player on Detroit that I feel somewhat comfortable about just because his A dot is really low, and you know he's just going to be targeted like crazy. He had 11 targets last week, 9 the week before that, 8 the week before that. I know that's with Stafford, but Chase Daniel is going to rely on his talented tight end, so I think TJ Hawkinson is definitely somebody you can start, and I'm not going to really trust any of these Tennessee tight ends because they've just been fickle all season. Then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, 47.5 point over under. Ravens, Favored by 12.5 points, something that we kind of expected here. Lamar Jackson, smash. Gardner Minshew, no, no thank you right now. The only Jacksonville Jaguar that I really feel a little bit confident in would be James Robinson, but he is questionable. He is questionable right now. It looks like he's going to play. He was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice with a knee soreness, knee issue. Last week, he only had 12 carries for 67 yards. He's still involved in the passing game. And that was also in a game that Mike Lennon ended up getting benched. Gardner Minshew came in. It was kind of a blowout loss. So I think they're more just preserving him, even though they're not going to the playoffs, obviously. But Baltimore, you can run on the Baltimore Ravens, which is kind of wild. You weren't able to earlier in the season, but they give up 27 fantasy points per game in the last four games. And they rank in the top six. And this team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are going to want to run the football because they kind of stink at passing it. They're going to want to try to control the clock a little bit. It's probably going to be a very quick game because I think Baltimore will do the same with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and I think both of those running backs are fine starts. J.K. Dobbins more than Gus Edwards. We saw that a lot of the receivers for the Baltimore Ravens ended up on the COVID list. It's going to hinder their passing attack, you could say, but it's not 100% sure if Hollywood Brown is going to miss this game because he was only a close contact, so you have to monitor that. But J.K. Dobbins, it's, it's I would say, a running back two. He has only had 13 carries last week, 11 the week before, 15 the week before that. But the positive thing, you didn't see Mark Ingram last week. You still see Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is going to have his handful plus of carries, and he probably deserves it because he's a really good running back in his own right, very physical, Rutgers guy. So I think you could start both of those running backs. You're going to start Lamar Jackson. Receivers, I mean, I don't love really any of these receivers. Willie Sneed could have a good day out of the slot. DJ Chark could finally do something on a deep pass, but you don't want to rely on any of these guys. They're just too flaky with their fantasy production. And then Mark Andrews is definitely a tight end that you could start. Baltimore's defense, you can go back to them, even though they really let you down against the Browns. New England and Miami, we have the... Miami Dolphins hosting the New England Patriots. It's a disgusting 41.5 point over-under, and the Patriots are underdogs by one, so Miami is favored by one in this game. Not a lot of fantasy production here. It's not the game to target. I really don't want either quarterback. If if you're desperate, you can maybe throw Salvin Ahmad into your lineup. Damian Harris is someone to consider. Miami's defense is just too good, in my opinion. I wouldn't do it. I think if Ahmad is back, then you can roll with him, probably over DeAndre Washington if he's not back, but it seems like he will be back. 
then I think you can put DeAndre Washington in. But honestly, I just probably will tend to avoid this game. You don't want any of these receivers. Devontae Parker's hurt. I think Lynn Bowden Jr., if you're really desperate, is an interesting player who had nine targets last week. They use him as a running back sometimes. He's a rookie who was drafted by the Raiders and then traded to the Dolphins like a month later, a couple months later. But it's still, it's kind of wild. I think in deep three wide receiver leagues, he can be considered, and he's also somebody who has running back wide receiver designation because it doesn't seem like Devontae Parker's going to play. It doesn't seem like Mike Gesicki is going to play. So that's one player that you can monitor and possibly throw in, but there's got to be better. There's probably better options out there, and the Dolphins' defense is definitely something you want to consider. Then we have the Dallas Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys are underdogs at home by three the 49ers are favored and it's a 45 point over under super flex leagues i think andy dalton's somebody that you could possibly look at in 12 team super flex kind of leagues but you don't want to trust him nick Mullins, or any of these guys in the fantasy playoffs for running back ezekiel elliott he's been working on the side of practice stretching a lot it looks like he's gonna play but he might be limited and he's just been a huge disappointment basically for the last 10 weeks in the beginning of the season he was an absolute stud won you several weeks but after that Arizona game in week six he really hasn't done that much other than a solid game against Minnesota so I think in this game against an offense that's pretty atrocious led by Nick Mullins who I guess is going to start even though CJ Beathard should really be considered I think you could probably do better than Zeke but I would just monitor these practice reports see if anything comes up about Tony Pollard's workload who continues to get you know, a handful of carries. It's gone up, to be honest. They had 11 carries last week. So that's definitely something you want to monitor. Hopefully you have someone better than Zeke to, to roll with right now, even though this is at home against a defense that's beat up. That's another thing about this is you want to look at the defense, see if Fred Warner is going to end up playing because I know he's dealing with a little stinger right now. So I would monitor that as well. But he's like a running back three, I guess you could say a flex in, in a deeper league. Raheem Mostert's another one who's dealing with an injury. The way the 49ers use their running backs makes me want to avoid them. He didn't practice on Wednesday with an ankle. Kyle Shanahan said he may be able to play, but this guy's been dealing with high ankle sprains the entire year. Last week, he had 14 carries. Didn't really do all that much with 14 carries. Had four targets. Didn't do all that much with that either. I think he, if he ends up getting rested, I love Jeff Wilson Jr. I do. But if they both end up playing, it just doesn't give me that great of a feeling. But if Mostert rests, Jeff Wilson Jr. is definitely startable. Wide receiver-wise, I think Amari Cooper is a solid start. But the person I love the most is Brendan Ayuk, who without Debo Samuel just dominates targets. He had 16 targets last week, 14 targets against New Orleans. It's it's incredible how used Brendan Ayuk is. And I don't have faith that Mike Nolan's going to find a way to stop it. So... Brandon Ayuk against Dallas is a huge, awesome play. Amari Cooper is definitely startable. I don't really feel great about any of the other ones. They're just not consistent enough for me. I think Dalton Schultz is a player you can do better than. I think I have him in my teens of rankings, so it's definitely not something you want to do. Actually, no, I have him at 20, so it's not necessarily something. You, you can do better than Dalton Schultz. I would like Jordan Reed more, and I do from a ranking standpoint, but you can't trust that either because Nick Bones can't figure out a way to get this guy the football. I know he had a touchdown against Buffalo, but it's just not enough for me as of right now. You can hopefully do better than both those tight ends. And as for the defense, if you're desperate, you can roll the Cowboys defense out there. I mean, last week they really came through uh, big against the Cincinnati team. I personally wouldn't do it. 
but it's definitely something in desperation that you can certainly consider. Then we have the Jets going to the West Coast to play the Rams with the 17.5 point favored Rams and a 44 point over under. Doesn't seem like Vegas has a lot of faith in the Jets. I can only imagine why. I think Jared Goff is a solid play here, even though the Rams are kind of frustrating when they take big leads, which we all expect in this game. They run the football a lot. They just will dominate the clock, chew it up, run that wide zone, stop us kind of thing. And that's why I love Cam Akers so much. Cam Akers had 29 carries last week. The week before, he had 21 carries. He had over 170 yards on the ground last week and failed to get in the end zone. I think he's going to get in the end zone, even though the Jets' defense, the run defense, is a little bit better than what a lot of people would expect on a pretty piss-poor team. But Cam Akers is a smash in this game. I think you can definitely play Cooper Cup. You can play Robert Woods. He was left out of practice for precautionary reasons on Wednesday. So you got to pay attention to see what happens on Thursday and Friday. But I definitely think Robert Woods is somebody you can also consider. Jameson Crowder is a player you can consider if he is healthy for this game because he's somebody who has sore calves, according to Adam Gase. So you got to want to monitor that. He operates out of the slot, should avoid some Jalen Ramsey. But I really not in the fantasy playoffs don't want to put a lot of trust in the Jets offense by any means I think the tight ends Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett are both guys that you can consider but again hopefully there are better options that are going to be out there for you just the Jets have been so bad against tight ends that I could see Sean McVay targeting that specific area of play the Jets have just been terrible against them and the Rams defense is a smash star this is kind of an easy game to go over because there's really not any Jets you should feel comfortable about then we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Arizona Cardinals and the Eagles are underdogs by six points Cardinals favored by six that means and a 49 point over under is the game so could be some nice scoring here makes sense right Kyler Murray He's a good start. Jalen Hurts, I think he's a solid start, especially since you probably had him on the free agent wire. And if you had someone like Matt Stafford who went down with injury, or if you had a quarterback like Matt Ryan and somehow you won your matchup because you had some ridiculous skill position players, I think you can go with Jalen Hurts and roll him out there. He has a high floor because of his rushing upside. And you hope that he throws for 200 yards and maybe a touchdown. And maybe if he adds a rushing touchdown, that'd be even great. But he had 23 fantasy points on DraftKings site. Last week, he lost a fumble, too, so he could have even had more, and that was a late fumble that he lost. I think Jalen Hurts is somebody you can roll out there, and he's like quarterback, too, maybe a high-end quarterback, too. That's probably where I would put him. If I if I go back to my rankings, let me check it out real quick. I have Jalen Hurts as the quarterback 11 right now, so technically still a quarterback 1. So I think that that's definitely something that you can look into, even though you kind of want to ensure that those skill position players don't suck like the giant skill position players did against this Arizona Cardinals team Miles Sanders coming off of a huge game he's somebody that you, I think you have to fire up there's actually a league that I have Miles Sanders in where I'm considering not firing him up but that's just because I have a lot of other players like Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor and players like that who are in much better matchups so obviously it's all contextual based on your team but you should feel comfortable about him Coming off of that big game, I think Kenyon Drake's another player that you can feel pretty comfortable about. He had 23 carries last week. You're just looking for opportunity. He receives the opportunity. Chase Edmonds is dealing with an injury right now, so he might be limited if he is active for the game. So Kenyon Drake is definitely somebody you can fire up as well. DeAndre Hopkins, for sure. All the other receivers are kind of crapshoots, and I don't want to trust them. But DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Dan Arnold's been doing well, but I'm not going to trust it. I do, however, like Dallas Goddard in this game. He had six targets last week, caught four of them for 43 yards. 
You can see that Jalen Hurts is looking for Goddard, so I think he's somebody that you can roll out there. He's a top seven tight end for me. Zach Ertz, not as much. I'm not going to trust it right now, and it'll probably be Zach Ertz catching the touchdowns and doing everything, and then everyone will be mad at me for recommending Goddard. But you know what? That's kind of the way fantasy football just is sometimes. And we have the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Superdome to play the New Orleans Saints. And the Chiefs are favored by three. It's a 51.5 point over under. Hopefully this Saints team stabilized their defense somewhat after getting chewed up by Jalen Hurts and those Philadelphia Eagles. But both quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Taysom Hill, stardom. It was um, Drew Brees was activated from the IR, but who's activated his window to practice it wasn't him being activated off the IR meaning he's going to play so you have to kind of look maybe Saturday they're going to say that he's going to play it seems like that could be a little surprising but it is a possibility so you want to monitor that for sure and if Drew Brees plays I think it's somebody that you can consider if especially if you're in a league where they do like half a point of completion that's definitely a smash spot for someone like Drew but the Chiefs are going to throw the football a lot. They're going to score a lot of points, and New Orleans is going to have to catch up. So Alvin Kamara, smash play. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, not as much. Definitely not as much. Something that kind of concerns me, to be honest. A lot of players have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and they have to make tough decisions. And I think there are other options that are out there that you may have picked up on the free agent wire recently that are better options than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But if you have to play him, you have to play him. And I think that you can do it. It was encouraging last week that he was involved, had five catches in the game. So in PPR leagues, it might be a little bit better, especially because this is going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring affair. And all you need to do is have the Chiefs go down at the one-yard line. Hopefully they punch it in with Clyde. But he's been a frustrating player to own, for sure. Tyreek Hill's a play. Michael Thomas is a play. Everybody else is kind of up in the air from the wide receiver position. We saw Sammy Watkins get involved a little bit two weeks ago and then last week he had 52 yards came up with a big 37 yard catch but you're not going to trust him and you're not going to trust any of these other receivers just for tight ends travis kelsey smash jared cook now i think there are better options than jared cook but he had four targets last week caught three of them for 37 yards and a touchdown he's had two touchdowns in the last two weeks so if you have to roll him out there i think you can but it's definitely not something that I'm feeling great about. And I wouldn't start any defense in this game. Kansas City's probably actually better than New Orleans just because, obviously, Pat Mahomes. And we have the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night football taking on those New York Giants that we love. The Browns are favored by five, and it's a 44-point over-under, so not a lot of sexiness in terms of fantasy football. But Baker Mayfield... Look, he's coming off two huge games. I don't think he's going to do that against the New York Giants. New York Giants just lost Jason Garrett to the COVID list. He tested positive, so he will not be calling the plays. It will be Freddie Kitchens with either Colt McCoy or hobbled Daniel Jones. I don't know if the Giants offense is going to be able to put up all that many points. Giants defense is still good. This could be a low-scoring, sloppy game where the Browns just run the football and kind of wear that Giants defense down, and Baker Mayfield doesn't have to do all that much. So I, I don't feel great about Baker. I love Nick Chubb. I like Kareem Hunt. I think Wayne Gallman is a solid start just because he receives so many opportunities and hopefully the game doesn't get away from the Giants like it did so early on last week when there was this strip sack fumble where the Giants actually held but then the field position battle was ridiculous basically that entire half and then Deion Lewis fumbled a kickoff return which resulted in some Arizona points putting the defense back on the field after they were coming off an 11 play drive so Wayne Gallman I, I like I do. I think you can start Wayne Gallman at home, prime time. 
but there are also other options that are out there that are probably a little bit better than what Wayne Gallman can offer you. You're hoping that they are able to move the chains. The Giants offense looked so bad doing that especially through the air. I have Wayne Gallman right now ranked as my 16th running back against Cleveland. So it's uh, running back two, high-end running back two is what you could definitely consider him. And I, I like Jarvis Landry in this game. Coming out of the slot, Darnay Holmes still might not play. He'll be going up against Xavier McKinney, who is really is only his second game in action, even though he played six snaps here and six snaps there a couple weeks ago. Jarvis had nine targets last week 10 the week before 11 the week before that he's going to be more of a ppr type of guy it's it's probably not gonna be a great game but he could probably offer a higher floor than some of the other players and i, I don't think i'd go with Rashard higgins because he's gonna see a lot of james bradbury donovan peoples jones i don't even know if i'm comfortable going with someone like sterling shepherd because the giants offense were so out of sync and there's going to be denzel ward denzel ward will probably be on the outside sterling shepherd lines up on the outside golden tate's more of that slot guy so it's not a great a great fantasy environment for someone like Sterling Shepard. And then as for tight ends, I think Evan Ingram is startable. I know he didn't really do anything last week. He had two catches for 18 yards in garbage time, but I think you can roll him out there if you're very desperate. A lot of the other tight ends in this game or on the slate aren't aren't overly sexy. I have him as my tight end 12, so he's the last tight end one, but I would rather start Cole Komet Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, and all the tight ends that I named before over someone like Evan Ingram. And then Austin Hooper, I have my tight end 14, so I don't really love him either. They're going to run the football. They're going to want to establish the run. As for the defenses, I think the Browns defense is definitely a great play because New York just looked really out of sync. And New York, I don't think they're necessarily a great defense. You're hoping for a turnover. Other than that bad throw where Baker Mayfield seemed like he accounted for the linebacker, but he just thought he could squeeze the football in last week. Baker's been pretty good with the football outside of that one play. So I'm uh, I'm definitely going to rather, I'd rather have the Cleveland defense. And then the last game is these Pittsburgh Steelers going to Cincinnati and playing the Bengals. Pittsburgh is 12 and a half point favorites and the over under is a 40 and a half points. Not overly great. We've seen the Steelers struggle, but I think if you have been you can roll them out there. I think they can probably try to get right here against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't like any of the running backs in this game. James Conner has a thigh issue. You don't know if it's going to be Benny Snell. The Steelers have been terrible running the football. The Bengals have been terrible all season running the football. So, no, thank you. As far as the receiving options here, I think you can roll with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they're going to operate. They're going to try to establish a run. If it doesn't work against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that hasn't been terrible against a run for, for a terrible football team. I, I think you can put Smith-Schuster in there. He'll operate out of the slot. He'll get his six or seven catches. Maybe you hope that he gets in the end zone like he did last week and does a little bit better than 55 yards. That's a possibility. Deontay Johnson's a little bit riskier. I think Deontay Johnson has higher upside, but if he drops a pass, he could just get benched for James Washington like he did last week. And do you really want to rely on that in your fantasy playoffs? If you have to start him, start him. But it is a risk. You have to know that. Chase Claypool, his his target share has gone down. He hasn't really been all that productive. I feel a little bit risky about rolling that out there, but this is also against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a little uncertain if he's going to see William Jackson, their pretty solid cornerback. So it's just a lot of uncertainty for me. And as for the Bengals' passing attack against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are pretty beat up on defense, I don't know if I want to rely on the Bengals. I think if you have to pick one, it may be Tyler Boyd, but he's going to see probably some Stevie Nelson, and that's that's not really a, a matchup I want. So T. Higgins, he had eight targets in the last two games, and 
it's just Brendan Allen's throwing you the football. What kind of upside is there? There isn't that much. So you have to kind of consider that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Alato's Fantasy Corner. Best of luck, everybody, in your Week 15 playoffs. Hopefully you guys advance to the finals in Week 16. And if you play Week 17 leagues, I would advise to not do that because it really it really is unfortunate when you are the best team in the league and you lose all your best players because they all have first-round buys because they were successful all year. So that's my little rant there. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. I am the host, Nicholas Filato. Please take care of yourselves and best of luck this week. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.